0: Hey everyone, welcome to on the line. My name is Addison and I'm a 15 year old aspiring sports broadcaster on the line is a sports podcast that highlights the stories of high school and college athletes. So you can get a behind the scenes look at what it takes to be the best. Online. This week I interviewed Amelia Myers, a junior from Snohomish High School, and she is both a swimmer and a water polo player, which was super cool to learn about a sport that I'm not super familiar with. Um, We talked a lot about what a swim meet is like and just what it's like to be a high school athlete. I hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to On The Line. Today I'm here with Amelia Myers, so thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I definitely have been looking forward to this episode because you are the very first swimmer and water polo player to be on the podcast. So how has your week been? Uh, my week's been pretty good. There's been a lot of schoolwork, but that's mostly been it. Yeah, a lot of school and a lot of rain. Um, We live in Washington, and it's been raining nonstop this week, it seems like. It has. And what grade are you in? I am a junior, 11th grade. A junior. So is it as hard as everyone says it is? I think it's harder because people are expecting you to take um, tests. Mm -hmm. But those aren't happening this year, so... I know I guess that would be kind of nice but at the same time probably kind of stressful because it's like there's not a lot of answers and probably not a lot of information going around about tests and all of that. Yeah it is quite stressful. All right well I I think we should just get started. So when did you first start swimming? Um I first started swimming around i learned i was learning in 2010 i would say i started learning how to swim um and then i competitively joined a team in 2015 how old is the average swimmer to start um swimming competitively um i've seen kids from under 8 to people who are well into their teenage years Start swimming. Oh, interesting. So it's one of the sports that you don't have to start when you're like five years old. No, no. And then you also did water polo. So which one did you do first, swimming or water polo? I did swimming first. And water polo isn't a super common sport. I know I've only really washed water polo or even heard of it because of the olympics and especially where we live i feel like it's not super common i don't hear many people talk about it i think you're the only person i know who plays water polo so how did you get introduced to the sport um i was introduced um one of my swim friends she introduced me to the sport and said hey you really have to try this it's a lot of fun it's definitely worth it um in my freshman year of high school and I got introduced to a team made up of people from all around the Puget Sound area. I'm just curious, do a lot of water polo players swim as well? Yes. Um, I can't think of a water polo player who doesn't swim. Yeah, so is it like the seasons are different? So when it's off-season for water polo, people are swimming competitively. Is that kind of how it works? Yeah, that's pretty much how it works. Um, we have the fall for swimming, and then in the spring is water polo. So it definitely seems like it's not a very talked about sport. So what are your feelings with that? Um, I mean, it's definitely not. You're right. It's not a talked about sport. It's really popular in California. Um, so a lot of the, I, my coach is from California. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish that our school sponsored our sport a little bit more, but I mean, everyone kind of wishes that, right? So, yeah. The water polo game I was just watching, um, was USC and Stanford, which is kind of funny because you just talked about how it's popular in California. Yep. So what position do you play? Um, I have been put into the sixth position, which if you look, it's right in front of the goal. Mm-hmm. You'll have um, positions one, two, three, four, and five. The three is just like in front of the goal farther. And then the six is in the middle. It's kind of hard to explain out a diagram. Yeah, well, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. I know I was kind of taking a look at it. And it is kind of confusing if you've never heard of water, water polo before or have watched a game. But it's not too confusing once you kind of just remember it, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. what is kind of the role of the number six position? Um, the role is basically if the ball ever does get thrown on me, I have to grab it. And then the goal is right behind me so I can just slam it in the goal. But really the entire time I'm just wrestling with another girl trying to get her off me so I can get an open. Yeah. I don't think people realize how, what's the word, how, how much contact there is in water polo? I think that's something that people might not realize. Yeah, there is definitely. It's a contact sport for sure. If you want a contact sport and you're a swimmer, then water polo is the perfect. As someone who isn't super familiar with the sport, watching it, it kind of seems to me like soccer, but you're using your arms instead of your feet. Is that kind of, am I kind of on the right track with that? You're 100% correct on that. That is how we describe it to people who don't know what we're talking about. But okay, I may be, this could be kind of controversial, but I kind of feel like water polo is almost more difficult than soccer. I, I don't really know. I've, I've never really played soccer. I mean, I tried when I was a kid. I wasn't good at it. <laughs> Same. I think they're equally harder in themselves. Mm -hmm. So I don't really have an opinion on that. Yeah. I know I definitely, I haven't played both either, but just looking it, it's just crazy how much strength you have to have to play water polo because you're basically treading water, right? You can't touch. Yeah. No, you're not supposed to touch for a really long time. And that you need a lot of lower body strength as well as upper body strength to
1: Throw the ball,
0: indeed. And then, if you look at the goalies, they have even more strength because they don't have to get. They have to get so high out of the water that you'll notice that not just their torso, but their hips will get out of the water to stop the ball. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Even when I was like six, just learning how to swim. You know, most kids learn how to swim at some point, and just at like the YMCA swim lessons, we would have to just tread water for a couple of seconds and. That is already pretty difficult, and I know I got tired very fast. And even though I was a beginner, just thinking about having to swim in water for, like, how long is it, an hour? Um. So each game is around 45 minutes, and mm-hmm. you have, I haven't played in a while, but you really don't tread water that long. You don't tread water for hours and hours on end. Yeah, but then you also have to – be able to propel yourself out of the water too, and right like you were saying with the goalie. Yep. So what are, what are practices like for when you're playing water polo? Um, we start with our warm up is basically swimming, and then we tread water. Um, we will start treading water in our warm ups, and we'll do um, we'll take a shot at the goal with the, with the ball. We'll line up and do that. We'll just mainly focus on passing um the treading water happens throughout the entire practice so you just get used to it and the first few days are horrible Mm -hmm. because walking upstairs at at school the next day but you get used to it a while I bet it takes your body a while to adjust because that's not a natural thing for you to just be treading water and being in the water for an extended amount of time, like that's not a natural thing. Do you do a lot of conditioning outside of your practice to build your strength or is that all kind of happening during your water polo practice? Um, For for us, it happens during our water polo practice. And I think that's primarily because we have a small team. Um, Sometimes we do dry land stuff we'll get out of the water, we'll um, run some stairs, we'll do that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, primarily, my conditioning comes from the swim season. (laughs) Okay, so you do both swimming and water polo. So how does swimming help you in water polo and vice versa? Um, Swimming and water polo, in the beginning of a game, you have to go and swim to the ball. And the person or the team that gets it first, that's their first ball, so... Right away off the bat, you have to be a fast swimmer in order to get it. Being a fast swimmer helps you um, if a ball goes out of bounds or if it get if it's thrown out where people can't get it. It's just easier for you to get the ball. And then for water polo and swimming, it really just it um it gets your strength up. It helps with your kicks, um, in swimming. So it makes you a little bit faster as well. Because water polo isn't as common, like I've said, like 20,000 times already, but what is one thing that most people wouldn't know about the sport that you feel like they should know? Um, oh, my gosh. For some reason, people don't know that we are treading water the entire time. <laughs> i had people, I'm like, yeah, I'm a water polo player. I'm like, you touch the bottom of the pool, right? And I'm like, no, because I would get ejected. There's a certain depth you have to be at in order for a game to even happen. So that's so funny. There. That's yeah. hilarious that people think that. But I can see that because, again, you don't turn on, like, ESPN and see a water polo game necessarily. Right. I, I feel like it'd be kind of cool to be playing a sport that's not super common. It is. It's kind of fun because it feels like you're in, like, this exclusive little club. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a very tight community. But at the same time, you kind of wish there was more coverage on it, you know? Yeah. So I think let's start shifting into swimming. So you talked about how your water polo practices are structured, but how are your swimming practices structured? Um, they really differ throughout the day, at least the sets do. Uh, we'll start with our warm-up, of course. Um, and then we'll do a set depending on the day. We've done sets where we swim 25 yards um race pace 30 times or something like that or on saturday practices we have a certain practice for that as well but it really just depends on the day and what the coach is like okay we need to focus on this so are you in the water for pretty much the whole time or are you doing dry land stuff um depending so for competitive swim i've had us do dry land stuff both getting out of the water like we'd swim a certain distance we get out, do a couple push-ups, mm-hmm. and then jump back in and swim again. And we'd do that for how many times the coach wanted. Sounds um, exhausting. For high, swim, yes. for high school swim, we do um, dry land separately after practice and at the pool. Is it common to do both high school and competitive? Um, I think or- around you know, Snohomish. Mm -hmm. It's common because a lot of the girls on varsity are also competitive swimmers. Arguably 90% of them are competitive swimmers. Oh, wow. That's good to know. That's interesting. Yeah. So what is your favorite event? I really like anything that has to do with freestyle, which is freestyle is basically crawl stroke, but a little bit different after. Um, I like the 50 free and then the 500 free, which are two very different events. <laughs> yeah. And then what is the hardest event, in your opinion? Um, in Competitive-wise, the 200 fly, which is basically 200 yards or meters of swimming butterfly. Um, and non-competitively, I am, which is individual medley. Would you say that swim is more of a cardiovascular workout or more of like a strength workout? It's an all-over workout. Mm-hmm. Have both um, strength and um, cardiovascular there. So you mentioned that yeah. you're a swim instructor. So what made you want to do that? Um, I really like Kind of teaching um especially a little kids how to swim. It's a lot mm-hmm. of fun. And that's kind of where the skill set lies. And because you're a swim instructor, I feel like you would have lots of great tips. So what are some tips that you would share to someone who wants to start getting into swimming? Um, any tips? I would say if you just want to get into it, you gotta grin and bear it. Um Start with freestyle, which is, or crawl stroke. Um, that's probably the easiest one. There's a lot of drills. There's a lot of stuff that can help you with it. Next, go to backstroke and then, um, focus on the other two strokes, breast, uh, breaststroke and, and, um, butterfly. Excuse me. Make sure you can float on your back and on your stomach. Mm-hmm. Know how to blow bubbles. A lot of people, for some reason, don't know how to blow bubbles properly. <laughs> Which there's an easy way if you just hum, Mm -hmm. you'll blow bubbles. It's a weird thing. And um make sure that your streamline, or some people call it your torpedo, is like good. Those are some great tips. I okay, so my favorite was backstroke. For me, I just felt the safest because I don't know, I had like a mental block where it just wasn't my favorite thing to be swimming where I couldn't touch. Did you ever have a moment, like when you're starting out, when you were kind of hesitant? When I was starting out, I was that kid that would not put their head underwater at all. (laughs) That's hilarious. I would literally, like my parents would be like, okay, if you put your head underwater, we'll go to McDonald's after this. And I still wouldn't (laughs) do it. I had Uh private um, lessons for me just to get my head underwater. Wow. Well, obviously a lot changed and then you ended up beca- becoming a competitive swimmer. So that's pretty funny. Yeah, it is. Um, my dad was telling me the other day that he didn't think of all the sports that I would do. Swimming was like the lowest on his list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what should you expect going to a swim meet? Um, expect a lot of noise uh, pre-corona. <laughs> Mm pre-COVID. It's definitely very loud. Um, you have people jumping in the blocks. You have people yelling in the stands, coaches yelling at the swimmers in the water. Um, and then it's also going to be really warm because the pools are warm and then there's a lot of people in there. So Mm -hmm. maybe don't coat. How are you able to handle the nerves on a meet day? Um, People have a lot of different ways of handling it. Uh, for me, on Meet Day, I like to listen to music, uh, maybe read a book. Um, behind the Blocks, which is when before we're gonna jump in, I've seen people doing like jumping up and down. Um, I've been seeing them do the Michael Phelps slap, as we call it, which is basically slapping their arms around like, like doing butterfly. And mm-hmm. um, I've seen a multiple a, a multiple multitude of things. For me, I just need to calm myself down and take a few deep breaths in order to get ready. I know when I was a competitive dancer, it was like you had to figure out ways for yourself on how to calm your nerves because that can be very tricky and yeah, I feel yeah. It's very nerve-wracking, especially when it's like your first meet of the season, your first competition of the season. That's usually when I got the most nervous. Yeah, um, I think for me, just like the harder events would get me more nervous. I would sign up for the 200 fly sometimes for no reason. I don't know why I did it, but I would. And I remember being behind the blocks and thinking, "Did I do this? (laughs) Why do I do this? (laughs) So how many events do you usually do in a meet? Um, For competitive-wise, the meets um, span over a good weekend. So you'll do a lot of events. I haven't swam competitively now for a year or two, so I don't really know how many. I totally forgot how many you're, like, maxed out on. Mm Mm-hmm. But for um, high school swim, I remember swimming, I think, three events, three or four events, and at least one of them was a relay. Oh, wow. So was the relay kind of a required one, and then you got to choose your other two, or was it like the coaches kind of assign it, or how does that work? Um, The relays were required, and the coaches, coaches especially for us, were really nice because they would put us in events, but... Mm -hmm. They would be like, okay, look, I know you don't want to swim this, but hear me out. You've been looking really good in practice and we know that you can do it. So they might sign you up for something you don't want to do, but either way, they will hype you up and make sure that you're going to do good. So what is the biggest difference between being on varsity in high school and then club? Um, Club, there's just a lot more people which is surprising. Um, it's co-ed and club. Or at least the club I was on was co-ed, so that was another difference. Um, there isn't really much difference other than the fact that in high school, it's a faster pace because of the um, shorter time mm-hmm. to practice and for a season versus um, in club, you would be going at the high school pace, but all year, <laughs> I know that uh, my friend who's a swimmer, she would always have to wake up super early because they would have practice before school. So is that the case for you? Yes, we have um, varsity. uh, We have morning practices twice a week, and then we have Saturday practices in the morning. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you really have to get on a good sleeping schedule so that you are able to wake up early in the morning. Definitely. Definitely. So how long is this swimming season? Um, Right now, they just announced that it's going to be happening this year. I'm excited for it to happen, but it's gonna be from February till April. So it's about two months. Well, that's pretty short. Yeah, usually it's a little bit longer, Mm -hmm. but for corona times, it's two months. Crazy what COVID is doing to everything indeed. And then how many meets do you have in that two-month time span? Um, For us, we have meets twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and those start um, a good, like, couple weeks into the season for us. That's crazy, having two Meet a week I feel like that's a lot but I mean those days are the days that we have morning practice <laughs> oh gosh you must just be so sore the next day yeah I also, you also um get a good night's sleep mm-hmm. the of the day. this is just kind of a funny question but where are you the most sore like where is it that you consistently sore um everywhere everywhere so it's not just like your arms or your legs. It's just everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. What are your biggest tips for recovery? Um, something really weird that is kind of, I don't know if other sports do this, but an ice bath, mm-hmm. um, go into the bath and get ice and literally put ice in your bath and lay on it. It feels really good on your shoulders. Sounds also very uncomfortable and painful, but I bet afterwards you just feel so much better. Not only that, it um, definitely recovers the energy right now, too. Oh, that's so interesting. I have another funny question. So before me, would you rather eat no meal at all or eat like a heavy meal like pasta, like a big bowl of pasta or no food at all? I'm because of nerves. I usually don't eat before a meet. Um, but if I could, I would 100% eat the pasta. <laughs> uh, yeah, same, but I'm the type of person, no matter how nervous I am, I'm always hungry. Like when I was a competitive dancer, this is funny, but I would always be more hungry, which is weird. Cause I'd have crazy nerves, but I think it just making, make me even more hungry. So I had a huge appetite, which is kind of <laughs> interesting, but I also think it'd be kind of hard to swim at your best with a big heavy meal, but also hard to swim if you didn't have like any calories to burn. Yeah, there's definitely a um, gray zone in there. Mm -hmm. Well, I just want to finish it off with one last question. It's been so nice to talk to you about swimming and water polo, but what is something that people might not know about swimming? Um, I think people just don't know the amount of work that people go through, um, how much it takes out of your life and how hard the sport seems, because most people are like, Oh, it's swimming, it can't be that hard, and mm-hmm. you've been athletes for years, and then they get in the water and they're like, Oh, never mind, this is really hard. Yeah, I feel like you really have to be like the full package athlete, that makes sense. Like you have to be fast, you have to have good strength, you also probably have to have good mobility as well. Yeah, definitely. But um, another good thing about swimming is that it doesn't wear on your joints as Mm -hmm. much as others. Do people ever suffer any injuries or is it mostly just like overworked muscles and um, injuries like that? There's something um, that I've heard about what I've had in the swimming community that I don't know if anyone else has had. Because when I mention it, people don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, it's type. It's the Charlie horse that happens in the water, and I've had one so bad um, on the back of my ankle Ooh. that I could not move my big toe. That's scary. Yeah, it happens. Um, a lot of injuries come from shoulders mm-hmm. and then leg. There was a meet once that a girl, her entire, she had a big, huge muscle cramp, and she could not move her entire leg, and it looked really painful. Oh. I've had a muscle cramp so bad that in the middle of an event that I was crying when I was getting out of the water because I could not get out. Oh, gosh. So even though it's not a contact sport and there's no, like, physical wear and tear on your muscles or joints, it's not not painful. You will still have to go through some pain. <laughs> oh, Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to do this interview. I really appreciate it. And I especially loved talking about water polo since that's something I didn't really know a lot about. So that was super interesting. Um, Do you mind just shouting out your Instagram if that's all right for the listeners to follow? Yeah, um, my Instagram is at nila246812. Awesome. And I hope you and your family are staying healthy during this crazy time and I hope to talk to you soon and thank you to everyone who's listening. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of On The Line. I upload new episodes every Sunday at 12. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, leave a comment on Apple Podcasts, and follow On The Line on Instagram. And all those things will be in the show notes. Thank you.